Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. Indie Game Business is recorded live on Mixer and produced by the Powell Group. Check us out at IndieGame.Business. Now, let's start the show with your hosts, Jay Powell and me, Indie. What's up, everybody? My name is Indy, and that gentleman right next to me, that's Mr. J. Powell from Powell Group Consulting, and welcome to Indie Game Business. Today, we have our special guest, Mark Mencher. He is, has GameRecruiter.com, and you've had that for just a couple years, right? Ah, gosh, I've been doing this for 30 years now. Right. I, on LinkedIn, I'm like, holy crap, this is like older than my, my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I like finding the people that uh, you know have been doing this even longer than I have. So that that's always a perk. So yeah, Mark, welcome to the welcome to the show. So we're going to be talking about something that's very pertinent right now with with everything going on, and that's how do you find a job in the industry? You're what do you do? We're going to go over some LinkedIn you know tips because, like we say on here repeatedly you need to be on LinkedIn for multiple business reasons. But yeah, if you're looking for a job, it's even it's even more important. So welcome, tell us a little about, we always like to start with, I would say walk us through your career, but you've been doing the same thing for 30 years. So that part's gonna be really short. How did you get into games? And then, yeah, sure. Well, I graduated uh, with a computer science degree uh, back in the Stone Age. And uh, I was actually working uh, at a robotics company, uh, working on an AI project, artificial intelligence, with Carnegie Mellon and, and Pratt Whitney, the Air Force. And I was at Carnegie Mellon and at, you know, at the Robotics Institute. And at uh, 10 o'clock at night, the guys would take over the entire campus computer system and start playing asteroids. Well, it wasn't asteroids then. It was a network computer on $100,000 computers. You know, Apollo. Oh, God. Now that I tell you what Apollo workstation, you're all going to know how old I am. <laughs> uh, an Apollo workstation. I mean, we had, it was amazing. When I saw that game and what was going on in that room, I literally, I quit my job. I moved to California. I walked into a game company. I had a four-year degree, a, you know, a computer science degree. No one at the game company had a computer science degree 30 years ago. You were a freak, you were a geek if you were working in the game industry. You were a reject programmer if you were in the game industry, couldn't get a real job. That was a reputation 30 years ago. Things have obviously changed quite a bit. So that's how I got in the industry, put five games on the market. Then when I got promoted and I had to start to hire my own teams, you know, I went to the recruiters out there in the industry, but unfortunately, they don't know the pipeline. They've never been through the process of making software themselves. So basically, they're left to guess what it is I want to hire. And they would throw 30, 40 resumes at me every day. And so if you had five firms, 40 resumes times five firms, come on, dude, I had a real job, which was programming and running my team, not reading resumes. So that didn't work for me. So I taught, my, I fired the recruiters. I taught myself to recruit. And it's been 20-something years now, and because clearly there's a need in the industry for someone who actually understands the jobs they're filling. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's so, always a, a good thing. So that's me in a nutshell. So uh, that's about that. So, of course, today we're talking about job hunting. Uh, what's the great news is that there are a million more jobs open than there are people for the jobs 
in our industry. I understand other industries may be struggling, but our right. industry, the specialty talent that we hire in our industry is in high demand, even producers, even artists. It is absolutely crazy. It's been going like this for two years. And while COVID gave us uh, maybe a month of disruption, hiring is gangbusters. It's all being done on video interviews. People are getting to obviously work from home and not have to relocate, so things are changing. Uh, but these are all positive things as far as I'm concerned. There is no reason for anyone who has specialty training in the game industry to be unemployed for more than five minutes. It means you don't know how to job hunt and you're not doing it appropriately, and that's what we're going to try to tackle today. That is crazy. Now, I know that we're doing, you know, it, as an industry, we're doing way better than a lot of other folks. But to we're have very a, fortunate, very fortunate, because what is it, 40 million people out of jobs? So we are lucky in the game industry. We really are. We should all count our blessings. So let's start with LinkedIn. And, and you mentioned when we talked the other day, you were talking about tips for, you know, sprucing up your, your LinkedIn page what walk us through that so what what has to be there is there special ways that it should be ordered and formatted how yeah. do we make a linkedin page that pops okay great what people need to realize is that linkedin is not a resume linkedin is a two eye blink experience people are not sitting on linkedin reading it you know, this is not what LinkedIn's all about. It's not why it was developed. It's a quick snapshot. It's a business card. You need to figure out how to in incorporate, encapsulate your value-added proposition. What do you offer a company? Why should someone hire you? That should be the immediate thing that is shoved in someone's face. No reading a lot, you know, you really are trying to minimize the reading. So you do it by bulletizing, by what you say in your LinkedIn profile. So if you jump to my LinkedIn profile, Mark Mencher, you're gonna see immediately with one eye blink, I'm a game recruiter and what industries I focus in on. That's what you need to know about me. That's the main thing. See what I'm saying? So with programmers, game designers, producers, artists, you've got to immediately focus in on to someone. What do you do? What is your specialty? What do you know? Unreal, Unity, C++, are you network? Are you server? Are you an artist? Are you skinning? Are you what? Tell me what you do and use English. Don't, I mean, sometimes I get onto a LinkedIn profile and the person has four jobs, creative director, creative director, creative, and says nothing else. Well. A creative director to me means something totally different than it means to you. So if you think your LinkedIn profile is being effective for you by saying that, you're nuts. You know what I mean? It doesn't say a thing. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of odd. So the internet is your new resume. People need to get that. Uh, your LinkedIn profile needs to match up with your Facebook profile, needs to match up with your resume itself. You know, the words and what you do, you can always customize. We're not talking about not customizing. What we're talking about, if you worked at Sony, from the year 2000 to the year 2005, that resume should be consistent no matter how it's customized that you were there from 2000 to 2005. You see, you know what I'm saying? You certainly can customize inside the job so that the audience reading it gets it, but you know, the overall, the overall career needs to be the same no matter where you find it. So that's about that. So, um, you know, I, uh, so the first thing I would recommend people do is look at the photo on your LinkedIn profile. The photo has got to be engaging. It's got to be friendly. You got to have a smile on your face. I don't want to see your dog. I don't want to see your spouse. 
We don't want to see some background or some some drawing. People want to see you and a friendly face. So go through the millions of photos you've got. Find the one that makes you look approachable, inviting, happy. If you look like a miserable person, do you think I want to click on your profile? Do you think I even want to talk to you on the telephone? <laughs> so you want to you want to look inviting? You know what I'm saying? Come on, have a smile on your face for God's sake. <laughs> Number oh two. Gosh. The headline, don't use the default headline from uh, LinkedIn. Create a headline that sells you. Software engine, game industry programmer, specializing in rendering or server. Get it? Now I get you in a second. Animator, specializing in 2D or 3D or what? R rotoscoping, get, tell me something. Yeah, I see, I see a lot of like headlines on LinkedIn that are just like, I da 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 da, and it doesn't like, okay, well, what do you do exactly? That's what you yeah, want. Yeah, and you what know? engines did you touch? I mean, I'll read a profile and there's not a mention of an engine, and I'm going, uh, uh, what industry do you work for? I mean, you know, come on now. Even if you're a vice president, if you've made products for the Unreal Engine 4 or for Unity or for a customized engine, tell the audience we're the video game industry. <laughs> we want to know these things. So, you know, I customized the headline in, uh, in LinkedIn so that it actually sells you and focuses the person on what are you? What are you selling? You know, your job titles. You've got to choose job titles that make sense to all of us. I understand some companies, you know, you can't compare EA, uh, a senior uh, engineer, to Rinky Dink Inc. and their senior engineer. It is a different corporate structure. You know what I mean? So, you know, you got to be clear about what it is you are. If you were a manager, but they called you a code monkey, use the word manager because the rest of the world understands that. So, you've, so, it's okay to use a, a title that you don't exactly officially have at the company, but a title that communicates to the world what you are. You know, you know. So sometimes they call you a product manager, and you're really a producer. Well, if you're really a producer, put down the word producer, so we all get it, and the story's consistent. And I call you about producer jobs, not about marketing jobs. You, you know what I'm saying? So. Uh, look at the summary section of uh, your profile. Um, what is your competitive advantage? And that should be right in that summary section. Don't make me read. Give me bullets. Tell me key skills. Give me qualifications. Use game industry terminology. What about game industry jargon? I can't tell you how many times I'll look at a profile and the person says they're in the game industry, but I don't see one word, one buzzword, nothing that's important about that. They're a producer, but they don't say free to play. I mean, okay, really? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it's just we're not revealing enough data to sell you. This is all about what sells you, what's going to get someone to want to have a conversation with you uh, to engage you. That's what LinkedIn is about, is to spark interest, just like your resume is about sparking interest. And the rest of the interview process is about getting into the details. So um, uh, try to tell the most succinct, succinct story as possible in your work experience and make it as relevant to your skills as possible. So we don't need five paragraphs. Just give us exactly what you did. I worked on engines. I did the 
I, I did the voiceovers, you know, specifically so we get it. So, again, so when someone is quickly looking at the profile, they walk away with exactly what it is you do, not a mis not an interpretation, not a misperception. Yeah, these things are not what you want people to do. So, so you, think, uh, you think that bullet points are better than paragraphs, right? Absolutely. We don't read in 2020. Why would you make people read? You know, the resume is the same way. The resume needs to be bulletized out. You know what I mean? It's just got to uh, be easily digestible. Lots of words are never going to do anyone any good. What is your code going to look like if you can't speak succinctly and communicate succinctly? What is your marketing material going to look like? So what are your game design documents going to look like if you cannot present yourself properly on LinkedIn, Facebook, and, on your, and in your digital resume? So, um, you know, that's kind of important. So where – and this is a, a question that I see a, a lot. I mean, you, you have a point. EA calls people something different than an indie dev. So when you're coming from an indie dev and you've had – you basically had to have wear multiple hats. You got multiple roles. How do you, how do you articulate that? You know, if, if I put that I'm a producer, but somebody's looking for a product manager, but yeah, you know, I was also the product manager because we had an eight person team. How, how do you, how do you put that out there and how do you clarify that? Right. And that's the, uh, the trick in figuring out how to present yourself succinctly. Someone in that situation, I might produce, I might, as their title, job title, be producer slash product manager, so that someone gets it. You, you know what I mean? But you know, um, or you say producer if that's the main job you're looking for. You know, again, that's how you customize a resume. If you're answering jobs that are producer jobs or going after that, then there you go. You know, of course, I'm not a proponent of answering job ads, but we'll get to that topic sometime. Um, <laughs> I'm all about doing the job hunt, not being passive about it, you know? So, uh, but you know, but that's besides the point. Yeah, and so that actually came from the Discord server earlier today, you know, somebody, because we've got our event coming, our career day event coming up next week. And, and you only, as, as a job seeker, you can only upload one resume or CV or whatever you call it, wherever you are in the world. And, you know, they were asking, it's like, so, you know, I've done Unity programming, but, you know, I've also had to do the art and the music. And so do I do multiple resumes or do I add those as skills or, you know, that, that sort of stuff? Because you don't, <clears throat> I mean, especially right now, if people are looking for jobs, you, if the job is for art and you can do art and you have done art, that's what, you know, you don't want to miss out on something like that. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, you put things in the resume that indicate that, but you've got to give a focus to to folks. You've got to know that you're really a producer at heart or really a marketing person at heart or really a programmer at heart so that your job hunt is focused and you're focused. Otherwise, it, it's too, uh, it, it turns into an uncontrollable mess. So uh, that doesn't mean you can't have a job search going two different job searches going, one for producer, one for product manager, all at the same time. But, uh, you know, you got to be focused when you approach someone or else you're going to just lose their brain. 
You know, so um, people are bombarded with data all the time. You've got to have a consistent story. So, and that's a challenge in a resume, in a in an online presentation, is how do I succinctly communicate my value proposition? And that's what we all struggle with when we try to do that. And I try to give a lot of examples of that in the document I wrote about putting together LinkedIn profiles and, of course, about putting together a digital resume. I always try to show uh, examples of how to do that. For example, a producer. What does every hiring manager want to know about a producer? What a team size, budgets, genre, platform, agile. I mean, that's basically the five, six things that everyone wants in a producer. So that better be right in my face if you're a producer looking for a producer job. You see what I'm saying? Yep. <laughs> so. All right, so real quick, I'm going to, Andy, I actually got a response from Restream, and they said LinkedIn is not working because LinkedIn doesn't accept transmissions above 30 frames per second, and we're streaming at 60 frames per second. I don't know where that changes, but if you can find that and change it, it would probably you solve our problem. You could downgrade us to the 1800 framework. Yeah, no, really. <laughs> um, so... How do we go and how do we go and we find the jobs that we're looking for, especially right now? I mean, how, how much change are you seeing between, you know, companies that want folks on site versus companies that are open to remote jobs now? Well, what's interesting is we've seen a big flip, of course, because of COVID. Uh, but my expectation is is that work from home, stay at home situation is going to now continue uh, because we got forced into it. But my clients are telling me, almost every client has told me they are ahead on their development schedule, that their teams are way more productive than they ever were coming into the office. Now, there's an exception to the rule. I mean, if you have five children screaming at you when you're at home and you have no, you know, you have no quiet space, okay. But... Most of my clients are telling me they're ahead on their dev schedules, and that's never been the case in their existence. So this is interesting that productivity is going through the roof. Uh, so I wonder how important uh, centralized offices will be uh, in the future. So right now we're seeing a big uh, work from home until it is safe to relocate. Uh, and so that might be for the next six months to the next year. So all the jobs I'm extending to people right now are work from home jobs uh, with the uh, future conversation of relocating. And some of the jobs I have now are ne you're never going to be asked to relocate. So there's been a big switch, you know, obviously. Sign up today for the Indie Game Business Newsletter. It's a weekly source of business news curated for indie dev teams. We've got discounts on all indie game business events and events from all of our partners. You get a first look at the summaries and takeaways from all of our podcasts. There is exclusive opportunities for promotions and early access to new tools for development, monetization, and more. Check it out. Sign up. PowellGroupConsulting.com slash publisher dash list. Thanks to our sponsors. The uh, <laughs> so all right. The question was where if you're looking for a job right now, and all right, let's say you're in Florida, but there's a company in the UK that's hiring, and 
of course, everything is remote right now. Is there any trepidation or concern that you take that job that's remote and then they turn around in, in six months and go, oh yeah, well, we actually want you to move here? Well, I guess that'll ha that could happen. All right, then you got six months more year, you know, year of experience in the industry, and you start a job hunt again with a million more open jobs, and there are people for the jobs. Really, are we concerned about being unemployed for more than five minutes if you really have skills? So, so what's the risk? So you, you know, all right, you know, and, and that's what you mentioned earlier. I don't even know if we were live yet or not, but you were talking about a million different jobs. So. I would have never, I mean, I know we're doing well, but I would have never guessed we had that many. So how do people find those jobs? Well, of course, they're posted all over the place on websites, but I don't like that. You know, I don't like answering job ads. To me, that is like playing the lottery. Sure, a few people win. Most people do not. So most people are not 100% matched to the job order. So that's really not the way to job hunt as far as I'm concerned. I am not familiar with LinkedIn's automated job hunt service, nor would I turn it on personally. So I'm not going to trust a computer to do my job hunts and, of course, to not let my current employer know, give me a break. So I'm going to do this my way, and I'm going to use my brain, and I'm going to realize that LinkedIn is a search engine. Wow. So if we realize that LinkedIn is a search engine, let's use it that way. So uh, the first thing I would do is LinkedIn allows you to join 50 groups. So people don't realize the power of groups on LinkedIn. So what you want to do is you want to sit down with a glass of wine or some beer in front of LinkedIn and join a good 40 groups because you want to leave 10 groups open just for the future. You never know. But you want to join game industry groups, the largest groups you can find, so that you are growing sensibly and logically your second-degree network on LinkedIn. So that means, don't forget, the International Game Developers Association. Join that group. Join Game Developer Conference. Join DICE. You know, so jo just joining those few groups right there will increase your second-degree network by 100,000 people. So you can imagine if you join 40 groups, you'll be able to uh, increase your network by quite a bit. And, of course, if you're an artist, you want to join artist groups. If you're a programmer, you want to join programmer groups. You want to be in areas where you think people who are hiring you would be. So this way, if you're not directly connected, a first connection to the senior vice president over at Ubisoft, that, but if you are sharing a group with that person in one of those 40 groups, when you ask LinkedIn, who's the senior vice president vice of Ubisoft, president that information comes up to you because they're a second degree network. So now you have a first degree network that you've built and a logical second degree network that you've built. And that'll give you access to form the basis of your job hunt and figure out who to approach at EA, at Ubisoft, at Rinky Dink Inc., wherever you're, you know, wherever you're, you're, you're job hunting. So, um, you know, it just opens up the world. You know, the second thing is now that you're connected to these folks is approach them. All right. When I job hunt, I make a list of my top 10, my top 20 companies that I want to work for. I don't care if you've got a job ad or not. Do you know how annoying it is for a hiring manager to fill out a job rep, go to human resources, get it approved, have it advertised? Yeah. Well, a lot of times, those, you know, 80% of the time, the manager doesn't get to do that. And 80% of the time, I mean, really, only 10% of the available jobs are advertised. So I'm suggesting you job hunt in the 80% pool, not in the 10% pool. The other 
the other 10% is recruiters and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so open up the 80% pool and go after the jobs that are that every person is not responding to because it was an EA job posting. I mean, lazy job hunters get lazy results. You know what I mean? So EA puts the game designer job ad out on five websites. Guess what? They're getting 5,000 resumes a day. You want to be part of that bullshit? I mean, that's ridiculous. That's not job hunting. That's playing the lottery. No. Figure out who is on the bond team. Who is the senior game designer on the EA Bond team? And approach the game designer. I mean, my gosh, you want to be on that team? Hello, you know, and that's how you get jobs. So um, I'm a little bit more aggressive in job hunting than being passive, as you can imagine. And that's what I teach and advocate to folks. So the, the LinkedIn groups thing is interesting because I thought that had pretty much died. We stopped, I mean, on the, on the business side, we stopped seeing decent results to that from that, you know, about a year ago. It was like no one goes to them anymore. So they, there are, you know, it, it is worthwhile when people post in there, people are actually reading them. You know, that's an interesting comment. You know, I don't read what's going being posted in those groups. I'm simply a member of those groups. So I have access to the members for recruiting, for, and what are you guys doing? You're job hunting and you want access to, if you're an artist, you should be approaching art directors at any company that you want to work for. Hello, you know, if you're a programmer, it should be the tech director, it should be the vice president of engineering, you know, go, human resources is all about blocking you and keeping you away from the company. That's why when I job hunt, human resources gets my resume when I'm when I'm doing the interview. Oh, hi, HR. I set up an interview for Wednesday at 1 o'clock with uh, Tom Jones. Here's my resume. Just wanted you to know what was happening. That's when I contact HR. <laughs> I mean, come on now. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, and, and that's the reason, you know, I'm in a lot of these groups, too, on LinkedIn. And that's the reason I'm in there, too. It's not that I go and and read them that often, um, but it is more of, you know, expanding that expanding network. Expanding the network, that's the whole reason for the groups as far as I'm concerned. I mean, some people may find value in those groups. Certainly I post things in my groups to, you know, to help people job hunt, so I'm sure there are resources there, jobs being advertised, things like that, but um, really my main purpose is to just have my network be as effective for me as possible, no matter how I'm utilizing LinkedIn. So you've got you've got a LinkedIn group? Yeah, you know, I have Game Recruiter, uh, and we also have jobs in the game industry. So those are two uh, groups uh, that you can join. I, I'm jobs in the game that. industry get a lot more traction, so and a much larger group. Um, so. So, first up your LinkedIn page. Don't necessarily go to HR, go to the heads of, of groups that you're, or divisions or whatever that you're interested in. Uh, the one that I learned this week is to just simply do a search on LinkedIn for we're hiring or I'm hiring because Correct. that pops up, you know, a whole lot of people who have it in their, in their title or their whatever it is. The thing that I've seen from that is it's not a lot of HR people that have that. It's like you said, it's the, it's the, the head of engineering or lead producer or. Right, it's CTO actually the hiring manager, it's either the hiring yeah. manager themselves or someone on staff 
because if they walk your resume into HR, it's going to get attention. You know what I mean? As opposed yeah. to you just sending it in the system. And the other thing is that people, you know, you got to be really careful about that resume presentation and how the resume is put together. You know, what people are just not getting is that it's the year 2020, and two things are happening. One, we don't read in this, in this generation. It's a picture. It's two words. So why would you create a resume that requires reading? That's number one. Number two is that humans are not reading the resume anymore. Computers are reading them. You send your resume into a company. That resume is parsed or scanned or read, whatever word you want to use, by the computer. It makes an HR file for you in the HR system, and it's the HR file that gets sent around the company, not your resume. So what people need to realize is you need to construct your resume so that it creates a perfect HR file. Not so it looks pretty. Well, first of all, PDF files, PDF resumes are kind of death, especially if you have saved your PDF file off of a PC. You know, Apple was a little smart. They knew that people were dumb and wouldn't have had to use PDF. So, you could, you know, when you save a PDF on, on an Apple product and an Apple computer of any sort, it's going to save it properly. It's going to save it as a text file. Unfortunately, most PCs default to saving it as an image, and that's where we get problems because imaging images are very hostile. So when you're making a resume, it's the most simple format. Uh, so that a computer is not tricked, no fancy columns, no, you know, no fancy artwork mixed in with your name. Don't have your name as part of an image or art, because then what happens is the HR file gets created without your name, you know. So then the company doesn't even know you approach them, and you're wondering why you can't get a job in the industry and why no one sends you a reject letter. It's because your resume is not working. You know what I mean? The resume doesn't work. So I can't tell you how many people approach me with a resume that's so hostile that my computer system can't eat, can't read it, and they look at me like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean, oh? <laughs> it's 2020. <laughs> Figure it out. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so the resume has got to be really basic, none of this fancy stuff, none of Microsoft Word's pre, you know, pre, pre-made stuff. A very basically laid out resume that uses game industry buzzwords and jargon. And yes, I do get a lot of flack from people. Mark, why do I repeat Unreal Engine four or five times in my resume? Well, guess what? We're playing a game. The resume has got to have buzzwords. The resume has got to fill your HR file correctly. So guess what? If you mention Unreal Engine four only once, then the computer thinks gives you one point. If you mention Unreal Engine four Five times, you get five points, and the computer says to the people on the other side in EA or Ubisoft or whatever, oh, this is, guys, this person's an expert because they've got five hits for Unreal Engine 4 in their resume. See what I'm saying? You want to always come come across as the expert. So that is the reason to logically repeat information in the resume, especially important buzzwords for our industry, so that your your HR file is always coming up every time they go to the to look for a programmer or they go to look for a level designer. You know, you come up, you come up, you come up because you've designed your resume so that you're always in the for, in their in their face, just like you're designing your LinkedIn profile, so you're always in their face. And by the way, oftentimes they find you on LinkedIn. They download the LinkedIn PDF. I know I said watch PDFs, but most databases are able to suck up a LinkedIn PDF. 
They take the LinkedIn PDF and they create the, H, the basic HR file, and then they try to reach out to you. So again, it's really important at LinkedIn that you set up that LinkedIn profile properly and that you test it yourself and make sure when you download your information off of LinkedIn and bring it into a computer system that it parses it perfectly. So, you know, we gotta be concerned about these things and we gotta realize what a computer is doing when it reads our resume. So what about, I mean, we constantly hear, or I constantly hear, it's like, we're in a creative industry. If you send a paper resume, no one's going to give a shit. It needs to be, you know, show off your talent, your creative talent skills. So that's all bullshit. Well, that's what the demo, your demo is for, your online demo. Go crazy, have fun. A human being is going to go to the online demo and look at it. They definitely want to see your creativity. The resume that you send it to a company that is that is filling in your HR file. There is no need for art. There's no need to show your creativity. You need to fill in the HR file so that people are looking at your demo. So it's all on the demo. I gotta ask, is Jay's voice super deep to you or is that just me? Well, his voice has always been super deep. I know, but it's, a, it's coming across to me like super deep. It's, it's, it's trippy. It's like you have a voice changer. I had puberty last night, Andy. Um, that, you know, it's, it's changes. The, um, wow. It's, okay. Well, you'll hear it when I, when I do the cast. You'll be like, what happened to my voice? I, I never listen to me because I can't stand listening to me talk. That's um, it's just weird. This is part of the reason I don't do a whole lot of streaming. I go back and listen. I'm like, oh my god, I actually sound like that. Right, I know. We all criticize ourselves. I I know it's in video and in audio. So just gotta accept yourself. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) We are what we are, dude. (laughs) I, I I think being running your own company for ten years you begin to accept yourself a lot more. I mean, it's it's one of those things that I know I would be a horrible hire at this point. It's just, I'm, I'm too used to the autonomy of it that I can't imagine going back and, and like looking for a, a job somewhere now. But at the same time, we see so much turnover in this industry, it's it's almost like you constantly have to be job searching even if you're not job searching. Right, and that's why I tell people that networking is a 24-7 for your entire career job. If you're not networking, you're job hunting. If you're not job hunting, you're networking. So this activity never stops. So I encourage everyone to get a simple database, act, Whatever, whatever you can use or free databases you can, you know, you know, use online. Even Outlook has a simple, you know, database system of some sort. So you can have people's names, their contact information. You can organize them by friends or hiring managers or whatever kind of organizational, uh, you know, buckets you can put them in so that you can uh, access these people when you're job hunting. Access these people when you need to figure out how. All right, uh, I gotta learn uh, game lift now, so I can code the server. Uh, I don't know anything about game lift. Let me connect with someone who does. And they're in your network. If you can organize your network, you'll be able to get to someone who knows game lift. So you, you see what I mean? So uh, having a little database and organizing your networking slash job hunting for the rest of your life 
is a good investment. And by the way, the new average numbers are most people are going to have 18 jobs in their career. Holy shit. So you're going to job serious? hunt 18 times. So don't you think it's worth A, learning how to job hunt, B, having a database to keep yourself organized if this is what you're going to do 18 times? So, you know, yeah. So we 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 preach constantly that you, you need to have a CRM for doing business, you know, to, to especially if you're a developer looking for a publisher for the very same reasons you're going out there and, and, and pitching the game and, and tracking all the stuff. So yeah. are you saying we basically need the same thing? Absolutely. For- yeah. I've been using a CRM for since the dawn of time. Thank God, it's my it's my brain. It tells me who to call, when to call, what to do. Is it this person a hiring manager? Is this person a candidate? You know, it's it, you know every conversation I've had for the last thirty years is you know in the database. So I know what we've done, who what we've talked about, what companies we've approached. You know, you know I got to stay organized. You got to stay organized. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I live by mine as well. It's like, you know, you, you, nothing happens in my day that doesn't go through my CRM. And I, and I can always tell towards the end of the week if it feels chaotic that I got derailed at some point and I need to go back and check to make sure everything got done this week. So what, what CRM do you use? I use uh, Bullhorn, but Bullhorn's kind of designed for HR, you know, re- you know recruiting candidates uh, stuff. There are other CRM systems that are a little bit more designed to be used internally at a company, uh, you know, to to have a job order and to track the candidates against the job order and to talk to the hiring managers internally, you know, so it just depends on what you need the database for. But I always say keep it simple. Just make sure you can, uh, you know, you know how to use it and live, live in it and can, you know, connect with people and keep track of what you're doing with them, you know. So, all right, so we use, for those of you out there listening, we use Nutshell internally. Uh, that's, there's a lot of them out there. If you just Google small business CRM, you can find ones that are, are free for one seat or a finite number of contacts or, or things like that. But there's, you know, there's Sugar CRM, there's uh, Zoho, which is actually laid out very similar to Salesforce. Don't get Salesforce. I will say that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's overkill. If you have something like oh, that, yeah. great. If it's free, great. But it's just kind of overkill to organize yourself for networking or job hunting. But or hey, even the you know, publisher. Right, you know, right. Unless yeah. you are a, a organization with hundreds of thousands of people, you don't need Salesforce. Um, right. You can Go also ahead. do what Please. I do is use uh, Google Docs. I have a, like a Google form that I fill out, and it just puts a, information right into a spreadsheet. I mean, Andy, it's free Andy. and it's right okay. there. Yeah. How, how how does your Google form remind you to follow up with somebody? It does not remind me to follow up with anybody. That's what but I'm mean. just saying that's like the most basic of to keeping a database. Yeah, I mean, you know what the I mean? Most basic is absolutely a spreadsheet. And Andy's right. The uh, oh, Alexa to... reminds me to get in touch with people. <laughs> <You're what? laughs> Alexa, I just say tell Alexa to tell me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, great. So you you've given Amazon control of everything at this point. Yeah. Um, 
there's a lot of them out there bottom line and yes you can use a spreadsheet to organize this stuff but that part that you're missing is you know tracking the history of your conversations and when you talk to them last and you know reminding yourself to follow up with people and, and all of that sort of stuff um, yeah i mean but, if you really know how to use the system it basically tells you what to do all day long of course all day long you are putting in the information for the future so you know you know, it's a it's a full time assistant if you're actually using it correctly. You know what I mean? So uh, absolutely. Yeah. So if you're out there, you're listening. If you have a question about how to find a job, what you need to do to find a job, where to find a job, how to get a hold of Mark so he can help you find a job, pop it in chat. Uh, Restream has updated, so even if you post it on LinkedIn, which now has video, Yahoo. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't even know. This has been months, and I, I was talking, you know, while, while we've been live, I've been talking to the the guy over at, at Restream, and I'm like, we have been trying to fix this for months, and he goes, don't feel bad, they only told us a couple of weeks ago what the problem was. Give us our money back. <laughs> Ah, so yeah. Anyway, we have we have video on LinkedIn now, and pop a note in chat. Ask a question. We'll we'll bounce it over to Mark here and, and get your questions answered. So, um, we we've got a good idea now on how we set up that LinkedIn page. I mean, in some ways, it's kind of disappointing that we, that it has to be boring. But that's the that's the state of it. That's the you know because you're right. Everything's getting scanned into some HR system somewhere, anyway. So you know whatever. But you know put that link to your portfolio. You know that's where you can you know blow up the creative world. Yeah. So here's here are the issues, and it's been ten. I'll qualify this. This has been ten years since I looked for a job. Uh, and the thing is, I looked for jobs outside of the industry. And I would go to exactly one interview, and they would tell me about the job. And in the back of my head, I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, this is going to be miserable. I'm going to absolutely hate this. I'm just going to go back to games. There were two things that, that always just completely, like, beat me down mentally. One is you never get feedback. You know, why wasn't I accepted for this job? And I get it. You know, if if you get called out at the very first pass through, uh, you know, through the resume sorter, you know, that's one thing. But when you interview with a company and interview with a company multiple times, and then they fly you out to their headquarters to interview you for like an entire day, and then you get nothing. What, is there anything you can do? How do you, it, it seems yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. frustrating. Well, you know, you got to realize that, you know, there's a legality issue that companies are afraid of. So if they tell you they rejected you because you have a green eye and a blue eye and they don't like that, you know, that leaves them open to a lawsuit, you know, whatever, you know, so people try to give you no information or minimal information. So, you know, the agreement I have with my clients is I need to know. I need to know everything, and my clients tell me everything. Now, I don't necessarily tell the candidate everything. You know, I'm definitely using – well, what I'm telling the candidate is what they need to know. So if you've got you a nervous – because you're moral. You know, right. If you've got, twi you got a nervous twitch and you need to know about that, I am coaching you right there. If there's something that I can help the candidate with to change, I'm right there. But otherwise, I'm trying to protect my clients, and the clients are trying to protect themselves as well. So getting – 
authentic information is, a, is definitely challenging. But what you can do is make a personal connection. Call the, the, you know, the engineering manager, call the art director, call, you know, or a lead artist on the team or email them. Hey, you know, it's cool. You guys passed on me. No, no big deal. But is there anything I can learn from this? Is there anything we can share? And most likely people are going to want to do that verbally, not in written form in an email. So realize that that's what's going on. So put on your pants, pick up the phone, call people. Hey, I interviewed. Do you mind spending just a few minutes with me on the phone telling me what was right, what was wrong, what could I change? And there are people out there who will absolutely give you that feedback so that you can incorporate that and know, know what happened. But really, part of it's a legality issue why uh, people are shy to give you feedback. So, Jay from YouTube, so what's the best advice you can give to students about improving their portfolio? You know, with the portfolio, you want to clearly delineate what it is you did in the group project. Because <laughs> that's the problem. The art director gets a group project. Well, what did you do in the group project? Did you skin? Did you... Did you do the rigging? I mean, so, and we don't understand what's been done, but yet 20 people are taking credit for the same image. You know, so the same thing happens with programming or whatever. You've, you know, all right, you can show me the entire image, but then also show the person looking at it what you specifically did so that we can evaluate that. So that's uh, the first thing that really does help out students, when, especially when they're showing a group project, you know. Again, what is your value proposition? What can you do for me, baby? <laughs> I, I've also got a little tip too, because um, I'm a I'm a 3D animator. I graduated from Animation Mentor, which is like a prestigious animation school. And one of the things that they teach you for your demo reel, it's not necessarily about your portfolio, but it's your demo reel, is that you want to put your very first best work at the very beginning because you want them to go absolutely. oh absolutely oh you want them because you know when you're when you're an animator specifically or any other job that's like that they they those recruiters they look through a hundred demo reels right every freaking day so you want them to spam the very first thing to be like wow that's amazing and then put so is the art director when you yeah. think about it you know uh, you know okay so you answer the job ad if that's you the way you're going to job on and then the HR shows the, the art manager 50 or 100 candidates that seem to fit the criteria. But, of course, HR can't evaluate the art skill. So then that's that poor art director who's got to get on all 100 demos. So you better believe it that the first thing that people see on your demo better pull them in or you've lost the audience. Yeah, and no, then reading, don't make me read. Pull me in. Show me your best image. Show me your best rig. Show me your best lighting. Pull me in. You and then, I mean? then you want at the very last one, the very last one, you want to have a short demo reel too. You don't want to have like two minute long. You want to have like a 30 second or whatever reel. But your very last one, you want them to, because you want your first one to go wow. And then you want your very last one to wow them too. So you want your very second best at the very, very end. Because you want them to like leave the, oh, this is awesome. And then they watch it and go, oh, shit, I'm going to remember this. And because one thing they said is you're only as good as your worst shot. So if you put a crappy shot in there, that's what they're going to remember. Only put your very, 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 very best stuff 
first one, first yeah. best one at the beginning, second best one at the end, but all great stuff in between. Don't put any stuff that you're like, eh, I'll just throw it in there to fill time, because they would rather see a really short demo reel that has top quality stuff than a longer demo reel that has stuff Absolutely. that's kind of meh. Short and sweet, again, value proposition quick, in and out. People are not spending hours on your website. They're, they're on and off your demo site, your LinkedIn site, whatever, for a minute. So you've got to think about, okay, I'm a hiring manager. I've just visited my own website. What do I need to see immediately? What will sell me? That's, you got to put yourself in the mind of the purchaser, the person who's buying you, and, and make that presentation uh, you know, appropriately for that person. Cover letters. Yeah. Waste of time. He says, eh. <laughs> waste of time. And so are, uh, what is that? You know, <laughs> what you want, what you're looking for. What is that, the resume? <laughs> From 1960. <laughs> you know, what I'm looking for is a job. That's you know, what I'm looking right. for. Okay? Uh, you know what I mean? So, you know, cover letters, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, unless there's something specific about the job and whatever. Really, I just need the facts. Unreal, what, what's your specialty? What do you do? What platforms? Can you fill the job? I need these five things. That's what the job ad says. I need these five things. You know what I mean? Do you have the five things? You know, you know that's... I, yeah, I kind of feel like nobody reads the cover letters because what are cover letters like? Oh, I've been a huge, I've been a huge fan of your company since blah 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 blah, and I really like yeah. this. You know, I don't know. Again, you know, the CRM system is probably going to scan that cover letter and pull out some buzzwords and, you know, possibly, uh, you know, add that to your HR file. But really, come on, it's all in the resume. Obviously, you want a job in the industry. <laughs> what do we need a cover letter for? You know, I don't know. You know, so, so, so if you're applying somewhere that says you have to submit one for whatever stupid for yeah, because some people yeah, think they agree. Yeah, basically, SEO them to hell. Is that it? Just just type Unity, Absolutely. Unity, 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 Unreal Four over and over and over in the yeah. fucking cover you know letter. What I mean? Obviously, you don't want to you know make it so someone's done looking at it and go, "Wow, what a moron!" You know what I mean? But yeah. you know, be intelligent about it. But you know, if Unreal Engine Four is really going to sell you. And by the way, that is the skill in the video game industry today. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Can, you sh- can you share programmers, Game designers, blueprint. I mean, my Lord, it is the most sought out skill. If that's not screaming in someone's face that you bring that skill, you're crazy. Yeah, Will, <laughs> I just wanted to do a shout out to my buddy, Will, watching from LinkedIn. About, How's it going, uh, dude? Unreal Engine 4? Okay. All right, so, damn it, I lost my train of thought. I, I know Ooh. earlier where I was telling you how expensive the talent is in that more, you know, that segment. Yeah, can, can you, you shared a, a number with us before we went live. Can you share that number on what <laughs> Unreal programmers are getting right now? Oh, my God, it's crazy. Uh, you know, most Unreal Engine 4 programmers with about two years of experience, 150K base. It's insane. It's insane. And that's but, even remote. Yeah. Oh, absolutely remote. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just got a programmer hired for $235,000 base salary. Holy effing. Wow. Plus bonus, plus sign-on, plus relocation. Are you kidding me? I know. It's, 
It's a little sickening that the salary, I mean, on one, on one end, how awesome that our salaries are finally up to what business software, I mean, for years, the game industry always underpaid and wow, we always dude. worked crazy hours, you know, for no money, you know, so it's about time that our salaries leveled out. But I got to tell you, the specialty talent, uh, especially programmers of Unreal Engine 4, let alone be a network programmer with Unreal Engine 4, AWS, and maybe GameLift, oh my God. You're gold in the industry. I don't gold. even know what GameLift is. It's uh, Amazon server. You know their uh, their their online server. So uh, for you know for games, multiplayer games. So yeah. So it's pretty interesting. The industry is uh, going going gangbusters for sure. Wow, that is nuts. So here's the other one, and we're basically going to pick on my pet peeves from ten years ago. Ageism, ageism in the industry. Back when I was yeah. your age, we wrote yeah, machine but no. language. <laughs> but yeah, but no, that doesn't. Re yeah, but no. So I understand old, us old folks like you and me uh, are starting to feel. And I get a candidates that come to me more. You know, I'm 60 years old. Whatever. I'm telling you, there's a million more jobs open than there are people for the jobs. You know, companies are interviewing 60-year-olds, 65-year-olds, 70-year-olds. It is amazing. It is happening. If you've got the industry cred, you've got the background, you will be hired. Are there challenges with a 60-year-old interviewing with millennials and getting past that process? Absolutely. Hey, you know but I mean? but if you're 60 years old, that? if you're 60 years old and you got a TikTok account, you're in like Flynn, right? Yeah, but if you're in your, if you're <laughs> over 50, the jobs are not going away because you're over 50. That's that's 1970s, 1980s thinking, um, and that's just an excuse. You're not job hunting correctly, is what's going on. Get out there and figure out how to job hunt correctly. So, uh, is it a situation where it's less ageism and? more that you're overqualified because I mean, I see that a lot with, with other folks and you know, I get it. If you're hiring for an entry level BD position or an entry programmer or whatever, but you know, you have been doing this for 10 years, 20, 15, five, however many, and you're not finding these jobs. Do, do the HR teams look at somebody and go, we, they're way overqualified for this. I mean, it's like, obviously, you wouldn't be applying to the job if you didn't want it. But Right, but there's still some of that thinking going on. You know, it's really why I try to avoid human resources. Let's be honest. Most game companies do not invest in their HR department. They do not hire people who are formally trained in human resources with bachelor's or master's degrees. Other industries do. Why the game industry doesn't particularly care about HR, I don't really get, because you're only as good as the people that you can attract, hire, and keep. You're not going to make AAA games if you don't have AAA talent, just the way it is. But companies don't particularly think that way, especially if you're going to be in and out of the business in five minutes, or you're just about forming a company so you can sell it, which is what a lot of companies do. You, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. It's just... Um, where are we going off? I got off in a rant. I don't know. It's, it's, it's perfectly fine. That's what we do on the show. We, we go off on, on side rants. Yeah, so, so I don't want to trust HR people who don't play the game at their own company. They barely know how to use their computer, 
I'm going to trust them to make the decision that I'm qualified, not qualified, whatever. When half the t I'm telling you, half the time I submit a programmer, I have to call up the HR person. Thank God I have a programming background, and I can explain to them in English that, yes, this person did not use the buzzword networking. Sorry, but they are a network engineer. Do you know how many times I have to call them and explain to them that, yes, this person's qualified? I mean, really, I feel like I'm talking to – it's bizarre. You know what I mean? But they don't understand the jobs themselves. They don't even play their own company's games. I really don't get it, but okay. You know, so, um, yeah, so you really have just got to be approachable, approach people, you know, succinctly communicate who you are, and make sure you communicate it to people who don't understand the industry, what you do. So that's a problem in the resume, too. You got to dummy it down, and you got to make it so that the VP of engineering gets it and that the person in HR who doesn't even know what their computer, barely knows how their computer works, gets it too. <laughs> we got a, a comment. We had a comment from Hitachi Wasabi. Uh, Mixer, we have a bigger problem with very unqualified candidates applying than we do overqualified candidates. Correct. There's just a lot of people who want in the game industry. It's a sexy industry. It always has been. There's just a ton of people who want in. So, of course, there's a thousand resumes per job ad on the internet. He is getting five thousand. If if twenty of those five thousand a day resumes are qualified, that's about. I know the numbers are disgusting, but it still overwhelms the computer system, the HR folks, because there's still five thousand people a day that they've got to at least send a reject email to, and they do that. They do do that if you've approached the company properly. <laughs> So, because uh, a lot of people think that they don't get reject letters anymore. It's not true. It's just your resume, obviously, is not working. That's the indicator if you're not hearing from companies when you approach them. So, how's this, this is always the question I like to ask, especially folks who have had experience in other industries. How is HR and hiring different in games than it is in other industries? Well, it's not. I think all industries are just trying to automate the process, which makes no sense to me. We're hiring human beings. <laughs> so to automate this whole process with databases and video interviewing and all this crazy, you know, personality tests, whatever, you know, come on. You, you know what I mean? You know, it's just about rejecting someone without ever talking to them. It's a problem, you know. So, you know, it's not that different uh, all over the place. Uh, really what it is is about the how, you know, just your skill in job hunting. And that's why I'm always approaching the hiring managers themselves because um, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. You that's know, the, you, that, yeah, and that's true on a whole, whole you lot. You got to squeak nicely. Uh, we <laughs> got, a, we got another, another question okay. here from Nightwolf. Um, Nightwolf from Twitch says, to follow that comment, if you're lacking years of experience and are new, would that mean that you are underqualified for all jobs and must only find ones that you can match perfectly unless you have a portfolio, even if it is small and solely on paper? Well, you know, if you're new to the industry, you just have to, you've got to create experience for yourself so that when you sell yourself to a company, you've got some sort of experience. So get on the internet, go find a mod group that's modding, and join the mod group. 
get get on the internet, go find a group of, of indie developers who are trying to make the game and go join the indie development group and actually make the game with them so that you continue to build a resume to build a resume. You know what I mean? EA hires people who mod their games. So does every other game company. So mod, do things to create the experience so that you're no longer considered someone that just has no experience. You know what I'm saying? So you will get hired with uh, with doing that kind of stuff to build your resume. So let's talk about once you're already at a company. We've seen there's exposés every year, and they've been popped up in, in the last year more than normal. And those of us who have been doing this for a long time look at it and roll our eyes, and we're like, yeah, we know people are forced to work. 80 hours a week or you know 100 hours a week like rockstar do we have do we still have as big of a problem is it getting any better where we have people taking these roles that are so focused on getting into the industry that they will work under any sort of condition you know um since all those lawsuits happened a few years ago um, I can't even remember which company it was at this point. It was one of the big ones, uh, you know, about excessive work hours. I really have not heard a lot of this in the industry over the past five years. Sure, there's going to be a small game company who's understaffed, or there's going to be some, some uh, you know, a, a small period of crunch time. But we've grown up in the game industry. Most companies know how to have sprints. They run agile. They know how to schedule out their dev projects. We're not seeing this crazy, you know, 60, 70, 80 hour work weeks like we used to see. And if you're still working at a company that's doing that, I say go find one that's, uh, that knows how to run itself correctly. Yeah, it's the smaller ones that I see not having the problem. It's these bigger ones. That... Sometimes you'd be surprised. Sometimes it's a small company, sometimes it's the big companies. You know, you'd be surprised who you know who's not organized or doesn't know how to level out their their staff. But you think after you know with some years of experience, you've had to level out your work for your workforce. But uh, you know. All right, so we're, we're we're close to running out of time here. If you've got any other questions on you know finding a job, have, sprucing up your resume, any of that stuff, pop it in chat now. Um, all right, so let's talk about something real quick that is extremely important right now you are at a company you want to voice your thoughts on what's going on in the world around us how do you handle that without losing your job wow that's a deep question that's what we're, you know, we're all about the deep questions that is definitely a deep question you know i don't know dude i don't mix personal and business I try not to. I mean, like, you know, political affiliates, you know, affiliations or my opinions about, you know, the protesting going on only because, you know, I don't want to turn somebody off. Uh, I'm all about trying to help someone get a job and, you know, and uh, placing people and helping my clients fill their open jobs. So what's going on in the world doesn't fit into that. So I try to avoid the conversation if possible because it just – you know, just doesn't belong in the job hunt world. 
So I don't know how to answer that question. You know, it's, I mean, it's one of those things that we see. We see people have like fake Twitter accounts so they can be themselves, and HR at the company they're working with isn't going to be, you know, breathing down their neck. Uh, then last night on Twitter, uh, I saw Astrid, you know, posted a comment about. If you're out there right now, and, and I'm gonna look to see if I can find what it was real quick, but she she was like, if you want to voice your opinion on something right now, please go down to your local uh, community manager or you know HR PR person and ask them before they do because you know we see we see the see that you know people's. Their, their social media is monitored heavily by the company and, and they go and they express their opinion, you know, whether or not it's it's rabbit or, or extremist or whatever, they, they, they just feel like they, they can't anymore and people are going to get, you know, fired over it. So, um, yeah, I mean, and that was it. It's like, there's a lot going on right now and people, want to say, you know, this is how I feel, this is what I want to support, but they're scared to, you know, because right, they don't want to get right. No, I understand. But, you know, it's not relevant to your job or job hunting or, you, you know what I mean, those opinions, uh, like, you know, bring up your religion when you're job hunting or discuss religion. You, you know, why bring up what's going on in our crazy world right now? Uh you know, and if those are opinions you've got, that should be on your own Facebook and your own channels, not on a company, not using the company email, not using the company's platforms in any way. Um, and if you're being um, edited by your company, well, I don't know, that's a point at the bigger problem of uh, wondering, are we uh, in a fascist uh, culture these days or what? I mean, America's turning into something I don't know what it is anymore. You know, um, but that's just a bigger issue. You, you know what I mean? You yeah, can't, that's what I'm talking about. It's not them using the company platform because I, mean, I think anyone with, with two tenths of a brain should know that unless your name is on the company and you can't speak for the company, right? The CEO and solely responsible for what you tweet, then yeah, don't do that shit. That's, you know, but now I'm talking about people posting on on their own, you know, on, on their own Facebook, on their own Twitter. I mean, we've got, uh, my wife is in HR and, you know, I've seen companies that she worked for. That's like one of the first things that these companies do when they, when you make it past that first wave of, of resume scanning, they go look up your social media to see, you know, what's there. So, I mean, is that something that, I mean, you, you just constantly have to be aware of as you're doing this because you're not about doing the company platform, talking about your own platforms. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you got to be aware. I don't think anyone ranting on any topic. Look, you've got to manage your profile, your personal brand, if you want to call it. Uh, you've got to manage it. You know, you, you have a brand. Procter and Gamble, you're, you're tied soap. You're selling yourself to people. So if you want to sell yourself to someone and have all this bullshit on the internet about your opinions, 
then you got to be aware that some people are going to be prejudiced because you're a Jew or because you're skin color or whatever. We live in this world, and they're not going to interview for the, the job, or you're going to lose the job because of these issues. It really, I say, control it. I have told every all of my nephews and my nieces when they get when my, when my nephew got to college, I made him blow away his Facebook page. I made him blow away all of his media pages that he had from childhood. Do you think? You want to that you want someone to see what you posted when you were ten years old? No, I made him shut all those accounts down. And his first year of college, he opened up brand new Facebook, brand new everything, and he knows to watch what he posts, just like I watch what I post. Oh, so that you don't, I don't want to be controversial, <laughs> right? You don't want to be controversial. You want to get a job. You want to live in this world. I personally say, keep your opinions to yourself. Share them with your friends. Go vote. Go do that. But to be a lunatic on the internet where other people can see it and then judge you, come on. So I don't know about you, but I've been careful about Facebook since I registered for Facebook 20 years ago. I mean, it's public. Everyone sees it. I go through the phase of I have to be nice, then I go through the phase of I don't yeah. give a shit. Yeah, yeah I, my I, Facebook I do that page too. is just fluff, fluff, fluff. It's nothing real. It's nothing personal, really. You know what I mean? There's more people, other people posting to my page than I post. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, it's, a, it's a social media and, platform. And you're not going to change anyone's opinion anyways. All you're doing you're not. is So is, do you want to be known as a as a radical? Fine. You, you know what I mean? It's going to affect your job. It's going to affect your life some way. Sorry. We live in this crazy world. So, so manage your brand. Manage your personal brand. That's what I do. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's not the right way to go. Uh, it's just the only solution I've been able to come up with so that I have the path of least resistance when I'm trying to find employment. Because it's big you know? picture. It's, it's thinking about big picture instead of... As you get older. <laughs> Sorry, Andy, go ahead, dude. No, I was just saying it's thinking about the big picture, you know. It's... Uh... Yeah. It's, I yeah, mean, because so I, I have a lot of opinions too, and I used to post a lot of stuff, and I just, I mean, but then you know, you see, like right now online, you see people like, if you if you say this thing, I'm unfollowing you. If you say this other exact opposite thing, I'm unfollowing you. If you right, don't post right. anything, then you're not my friend. And I'm like, no matter well, what you do or do not do, it's going to be wrong in somebody's eyes. You know what I mean? Right. So, so guess what? I don't push the fact that I'm Jewish on my on my social media for channels. I'm not embarrassed that I'm Jewish. I just don't push it because why should I turn someone off in business? I don't push the fact that I'm a gay man either or gay issues, even though personally they're important to me. It doesn't belong on my website. It has nothing to do with my job, my career. So why give people a reason to reject you or accept you or whatever? It does, just doesn't have anything to do with it. So that's why I do my best to keep that stuff private. You know what I mean? That's it's so fucked up that this is the world that we live in. But you, you're right. It's it's like there's a portion of you where you're you're thinking, well, I need to stand up and and tell people that you know this is what I believe in and and this is who I am and I'm proud of it. And and that's. But then there's the other side of it where it's, it's just like, you know, am I giving? Am I giving someone a reason to reject me? And then to go to the next level, if you are, did you want a job there anyway? True that. No question. You know what I mean? But, you know, we all try to survive in the world we're living in. 
And while I certainly hope things change, and I'm so uh, encouraged in a way by the protesting because I think people are just sick of being treated and judged and marginalized because they're not normal or they're not just like me, you know, unfortunately, this is the world we live in. So we want to mitigate this as best we can, even though I don't agree with it, even though I hope it changes, I want it to change. The truth is, why give anyone ammunition to do anything against you, you know, when we're just talking about employment and keeping yourself alive and a functioning person? You know what I mean? You just got to do your best. So I know it's not the it's not the best answer, and it's not the answer for but everyone. It's the reality, and, and somebody has to just say this shit, you know, because otherwise, that's one of the things that that I, that I don't, I, I can't stand. It's like, yeah, we are going to ask a hard question every now or, or a deep question or whatever, because yeah, otherwise nobody asks them, and we're all thinking it. It's like, but you gotta. Somebody needs to say, okay, look, this is normal. This is this is how you do things. This is how you how you don't do things. And a lot of times, you know, we we're 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 in a fucked up world. That's just the bottom line. So, um, Mark, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. And so we're gonna put. Mark's information on, you know, all the platforms when we post this, go to gamerecruiter.com, mm-hmm. reach out, you know, he's awesome. He can absolutely help you. Uh, and I do want to end with a comment from, from Pepper Bandito because dude, I am with you. I agree. He says, myself having struggled to get into the game industry in 2005, it took me a year of working on my portfolio and 50 plus rejections to break in. Now going on my 15th year, this job has its ups and downs. I've been laid off from studio closures and canceled games, but I love what I do. I encourage everyone to never give up. And that is the reality of this industry. You know, despite the fact that you can get a quarter of a million dollars a year by being an (laughs) Unreal Engine programmer, for years we haven't done this because we're going to get rich. We all know, like Mark said. I thought I was going to get rich. Programmer, go do bank <laughs> software. You're going to make a shitload more money. But we love this industry. And that's why, you know, we keep coming back to it. And, and, and if you don't love games, I'll be blunt. This is not your gig. I mean, this you. is... Not for you. It's absolutely not. You know, you, you got to be able to talk about games. You got to have an excitement about games. You just can't fake that. You know, uh, you know. I like to liken job hunting to the video game, Pac Man. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> you don't get the no. You're never going to get the yes. And that person you just said that it took a year and talking to fifty something people. Exactly. No, no, no. Don't give up. It's not personal. It's just no for this moment. It's not no forever. The same person who said no to you today will say yes to you tomorrow. Seriously, it is a numbers game, and it's just like Pac-Man. So go for the no's, because unless you get no's, you're never going to get a yes. The same way we'll find a publisher, too. It's <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. It's just kind of life when you think about it. Life is Pac-Man. <laughs> awesome. All right. We're going to let you go and to do what you do, Mark. All right. Really appreciate you hanging out with us for a little bit. Uh, oh, you fine. can find Mark on our Discord server from time to time. It's at discord.gg slash indie game business. Uh, what else, Andy? Uh, so, for all the past podcasts, all of these that we've done over the past however long, anchor.fm slash indie game business. This will be up there soon. 
So we hope you tune in to that. And, uh, and you know, if you're at work or whatever, you can listen to a bunch of different subjects. We talk about everything from getting a job to PR and marketing to programming to attorneys. I mean, there's so much information there. Um, you can spend you can spend a week straight listening to it and then still want more. We, we've had saying. over ten thousand listens on that podcast. Bam! That's pretty cool. Cool. Um, and, and that may not be a big number in podcasts, but it's a big number to us. So yeah. very proud of that. Awesome. All right, everybody. All right. We will see you Friday with Bear with me. Who we got? Who we got? Dum, dum, dum. Oh, Marco. Marco's gonna be here. And he's gonna be talking about how you do game development on a fifty-five thousand person island during the pandemic. He's out uh I think oh, we're, he's uh, the Azores, maybe? I don't know. Uh, I met him the other week, and it's just absolutely awesome and fantastic. So that's going to be interesting. Anyway, have a good week. Yeah. Be Take nice. Care, everybody. Thanks so much, Mark. Be well. Bye. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business.